Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KickCast. It's about time. Um, but now we're doing it special. We are live at the Consumer Electronics Show, the 2015 Consumer Electronics Show. I don't know if you can see the busyness, the craziness. On the, there. I was going to say the I, diversity, yeah. but we the get diversity, that anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we get that. Um, but this is the podcast about crowdfunding projects where we go out and find you cool projects. And today we literally will go out and find yes. you cool projects. Yes, we're today. hitting the, pa- yes. the carpeted pavement. Yes. I am KT Data, I'm and this Drew guy Tyler. right here, what he tried to sucker out of doing this show while we're here, because he's not technically here for the KitCast. No, I'm here for White Clouds. <laughs> I'm working, consulting, working a booth, but somehow you guys found yeah. me. Yes, yeah, so what I'm going to do is steal him away for a couple hours. Don't tell his boss. And we're going to go find some cool crowdfunding projects. Hurry, quick, go. All right, guys, we are here at the Smart Math booth, and I am here with Nima. Um, tell everybody a little bit at home what the smart mat is. Well, the smart mat is the world's first intelligent yoga mat. What's actually happening is it has pressure sensors inside the smart mat that reads your yoga practice. And when you're following the practice on the screen and you make a mistake on alignment or balance, it'll actually go ahead and correct you on the screen. It's an instructor inside the mat in your home. That would happen to me all the time. I, <laughs> I, when I try yoga, it's like the, the topple over game. So that, this this would be yelling at me yeah. all the time. Yeah, that, that's why I don't do it out in public because I'm usually the guy that you just hear that thud. That's me. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about the, the, I guess, the campaign launch and how you got people ready to go for your Indiegogo. Well, I've, I've talked to a few people who had successful crowdfunding campaigns, and the number one advice they gave me is know how you're getting your initial uh, burst of sales. Uh, the worst decision you can make in the world is just create a campaign page, create a video, put it up there and be like, hi guys, I'm here. Right. Open the work. doors. Anybody here? It doesn't work. The successful crowdfunding campaigns, what we did was, the first thing we did is we built uh, an extensive uh, pre-interest list. So we reached out to our target demographic we uh, collected their emails, collected their information. We gave them interested. We gave them information. We got them excited. And we said, "Okay, on this day we're launching." And then, and then what we did is we went and gave them a special incentive to go ahead and purchase on the first day. Uh, so if you if you came in on that first day, there was something there for you. Yes. That's that's key. Okay. And then, that, that was then by doing that, we were able to get them excited and get them in there. And we were able to hit our goal in the first 24 hours. By hitting our goal in the first 24 hours, we opened what we like to call like a black hole of viral traffic where it just kept perpetuating itself over and over again. That is key. That is key. And your goal was, I believe, 110,000? 110,000, yeah. And we smashed it on the first day, and we ended up our campaign with over $317,000. Fantastic. It's fantastic on there. So um, how long did it actually take you to build up this community? Because we started doing active marketing to build that pre-interest list one month before our campaign. One month. One month. <laughs> and we and we didn't even set our actual launch date until we knew we were there. That we did not want to leave anything to chance. We did not want to cross our fingers and hope that a blogger would write about us. We wanted to make sure that we would create our own luck. So with one month, because a lot of a lot of companies spend many more months to get to that point. What was key about that one month? When where where did you put that? Uh, I guess or chase that research, like demographic and stuff. What was your? I don't know. What was we, the we, tip? We, we targeted we targeted our demographic, which is people that are interested in yoga. You just specifically said, I'm going to find you here, and you're going to. Yeah, we found we found people. We did some paid advertising. We did some social media viral advertising. We found those people. They found our website. We gave them you know information. They opted in. And, you know, thankfully, some of them decided to join the community. It worked out. 
Yeah. So this shows me the, my ignorance in the yoga community. How committed are some of the people in the community that you've discovered? Well, what's very, very interesting about our results is we're, we're, we're yoga practitioners ourselves. We developed this for yoga people. But in our research for people that pre-purchased our product, what we found is 65% of them identified as doing little to no yoga, which leads me to believe even though, and we do have beginner programs for it, but even though we were thinking like, you know, the person who knows yoga, a lot of people are viewing SmartMat as a general fitness device, something to just, you know, get into fitness and get into yoga, which leads me to believe the actual bigger yoga community is bigger than we even know. It's people that are wanting to get into them. And SmartMat's that bridge because people don't necessarily want to go to the studio, but they want to do yoga. Yeah, they're embarrassed. They don't want to do it. That's me. Yeah, I kind of want to do it. Like Downward Dog just sounds like fun right now, yeah. but I, I'll spare you. We're going to keep moving on. <laughs> so tell me a little bit now that it's, it's launched. You guys finished up the campaign a couple months ago, not too long. What, where are you at now? Like when is launch day? What is going on between now and then? Well, we're delivering product in July of 2015 to all of our pre-orders. We're completely on track for that. Fantastic. And after that, in September, October, we're moving to various big box retailer channels as well through a marketing campaign. And between now and then, it's a matter of scaling our manufacturing, getting the machinery in place, refining the software, refining the artificial intelligence. And one of them, we might be going interested in a little bit of a funding round as well, but we're going to have to see about that. I was going to say, that. with the success that you've had and that you're here, I bet you've got people just knocking on the door. Well, just let's, let us on the train. Well, I will tell you that companies that have done a lot less, have gotten a lot of money, and you know, we've gotten our all the way to CES. We got our booth here. We've been on almost every major news source in the world, and it's absolutely incredible. So it's it's a time of very selective choices right now to really, really select the right partner that can be very strategic and help us grow. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you actually broke your guys' goal, did you guys have a contingency plan after that to see what else were we going to do to keep people excited, or um, did that kind of get you off guard? Are, are you talking about breaking our goal? Yeah, breaking your goal. Oh, no, we planned to break our goal on the first day. It was completely in the plan, so that was step one of the plan, okay? And then after that, it's important on your campaign, if we're speaking about people with crowdfunding campaigns, yeah. you got to have... <clears throat> pieces of interest to keep them interested. So if you keep emailing a person or putting information out, it's like, hey guys, we're here. They're like, they're going to get bored really quick and they're not going to buy. But if you continue giving people new information, new education, new pieces of content, that, and not necessarily saying, hey, please buy, please buy, but rather educating them and giving them information, they're going to come to the conclusion themselves that they want to become a part of your community. Great. No, there's so that's you, a good tip. You didn't see kind of that bathtub sink that a lot of projects do, do, did you? Well, it happens, but we had a, we had plans to get out of it. We knew that was going to happen. I mean, so we we had various content updates and things ready to keep the people engaged. Not to mention uh, an optimized direct marketing campaign, which did well bringing in direct traffic. Fantastic. So, any other tips for best practices? Just that Some one tips. thing, man. And and people don't listen. Do not launch until you know where your first batch of sales is coming Did from. Did you hear this? Yeah, Did you you say, before you know where your first batch of sales is coming from, you're not going to succeed. That, that's an excellent point. You've you've got to have your research, people in line, get the motor revving as we and say. And if you can't do that, then don't do it. Don't, you heard it here first. Well, good actually, job. like we say it all the time. We say it all the time. Yeah. I'm saying it. Yeah, Listen to us. We know what we're doing. <laughs> Nima, thank you very much. Appreciate your time, man. Thank, thank you. you. We're still here on the floor at CES. We've run through a lot of shops, and we keep looking for that special little logo that says it was either crowdfunded on Kickstarter or on Indiegogo. We found these guys just doing a little footwork. This is Larry and Dustin from Fogo, which I just like to say, by the way, Fogo. Fogo. I like Fogo. Yeah, right. yeah. Let, me have you, let me have them tell you about what they're working on. It has something to do with fire. 
Okay, well this is a smart flashlight. It's a flashlight GPS walkie-talkie all in one. It's got a smart cap interface, which means we'll be introducing more hardware like a satellite phone, rangefinder, or avalanche beacon. Really the idea here is to take all the products that are in REI or Cabela's, combine them into one platform. If you're an outbacker like me, you want all the gear, but you don't want to take all the all the gear with all the weight. This is lightweight, aircraft-grade aluminum. It's uh, rugged, waterproof. It, the walkie-talkie is incredibly smart. It links up with other FOGOs. If someone goes down on the trail, uh, it'll notify you with either a voice or a text. It'll tell you your coordinates since it has a GPS, and you, it'll guide you to them with either the light or the screen. Also, the flashlight's really smart. It'll shine bright when uh, when the, when things are far away. If we come in close, it'll, oh, it'll dim down. Did you see down. this? Here, so shoot my uh, hand right here. Shoot my yeah, hand. so it'll dim down on things, and then far far away, it'll go it'll go really bright. That is amazing. Smart cap interface on here, which means there's a uh, uh, USB port, you can charge your, your uh, peripherals like your iPhone or your digital camera. Enough juice in here to charge your digital camera four times over. We're opening it up to third-party app developers wow. so that they can uh, develop their own apps and improve the user experience just like any smartphone or smart device. We're really excited about the kind of power that this gives to the outdoors community to do what they want, explore more, and pack less. It's, it's amazing. So I said I had to do with fire, and I said that because Fogo is Portuguese, Portuguese for for fire, and it has like a little t kind of top flame tactical. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So this does just about everything you want to do. I don't do the outbacking thing. I like to sit on the lounger, play video <laughs> so games, you're not a big right? Outdoors guy. No, yeah. but if my backpack weighed this much, I might go more often, oh, right? Yeah, I mean, that'll motivate you this much, right? Trail, yeah. I could do this. So Dustin, you tell me a little bit about where you guys have come from. I mean, you didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, let's kickstart a cool product. Where, how did things kind of get started and how long have you guys been around? Yeah, so we started working on this particular project about a year ago, but we've been in product development for a number of years as a team. The, the three of us, Tyler's our third partner, he's not here today. But uh, we've been working on uh, several products for ourselves, but also for a lot of other customers. So the software that resides on this device has actually been in development for about five years. Um, the hardware and everything about one year, and the concept was about one year. So, so next timeline. Next step for you is a Kickstarter campaign, and that sounds like it's going to launch pretty re pretty soon, right? Yeah, we're looking to launch it for sure by the end of the month, but hopefully in the next week or two. Um, we're going to do it on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. We haven't decided for sure yet, but one of those two. And uh, we're fogo.io. Please jump on the website if you can and sign up. Put your email address and we'll give everybody the updates. Get in on some early backer rewards. Fantastic. So if you're looking for something like this to take out back, fogo.io. Check it out. All right, guys. Here we are with Ronnie from Life and Soul. And I was walking by and this just really caught my eye. And I was wondering what it was. And we found out that this is going to be a Kickstarter project. So, Ronnie, tell everybody a little bit about what you guys are showing off. Okay. So, uh, our company is doing all the Bluetooth device. So, we uh, last year we launched a product called KeyTech One. And it's been pretty good response from the end user. So, but we want to make this a better product. So we are going to launch a Kickstarter project on the uh, called KeyTech Two. So what the KeyTech Two is, uh, it has all the function of KeyTech One. So with the Bluetooth item finder, uh, remote camera shutter, and auto message sender, and plus the phone finder function. So that's all the function of KeyTech One. But for KeyTech Two, we're adding emergency power bank. We're adding the OTG memory drive for your cell phone as an extension memory, and also the LED flashlight, and also two shortcut keys. 
So those two shortcut keys let you customize about like five to six different functions from our app and into those buttons. So for example, um, I trying to invent several useful functions for myself. Uh, for example, when you're talking on the phone, you can just, uh, you think this is a very uh, important phone call. So you want to record it, you just press once, and then the phone just start recording. And the other feature, and so far everybody likes it, is called fake phone call. So uh, actually, when, when you want to try to get out of some situation, uh, either dating or meeting or a lot of uh, things, so you can just press another button and our server actually call you. So even though it's called fake phone call, but actually it's a real phone call, just with nobody on the other side. So, and there's much more function uh, into it. We're trying, to, and this is upgradable. So we our team is still trying to find more function, but uh, you can uh, customize like four combination in those two buttons. So by, you know, click once and click twice. So, and uh, hopefully uh, we will going on Kickstarter next week. The reason we are going on Kickstarter is Android version, we can pretty much handle it. But the iPhone version, because of their file system, takes so much resource. In order for you to read, to read a video file, you know, PDF, all those, takes a lot of resource and engineering effort. So we, that still need a lot of people's support. So right now, what's your projected delivery date um, after your project ends? Uh, so far, the Android version is uh, beginning of May. And the iPhone version, if we reach our goal, hopefully, and then so probably three months later. So is this the first time you've run a Kickstarter project or are you repeating it? Um, so why did you decide to go the Kickstarter route instead of kind of more of the traditional methods? Um, because, uh, you know, we are a small company. <laughs> yeah, we already spent a lot of money on our existing product and we, we, we kind of like need more people's help. But, uh, you know, we have great idea and I believe this is great product. Actually, I create this for myself. So, <laughs> so I got to ask you, especially with the, the fake phone call feature, how many people in your company just mysteriously gets a random phone call when you're talking to them? Yeah, you know, everybody loves it, but you know, they, they, they couldn't show it. They say, okay, I don't want to, next time you can you have a phone call, I won't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the um, price tiers that you're looking at for your backer levels? Um, you, what do you mean? The, um, well, how, what, are, what are some tiers that you're planning for people to back? Uh, on yes. Kickstarter. No, uh, when this one really on the market, the retails will be $70.99 for the 8 gig version and $89.99 for the 16 gig version. But you know, for the first backer early adapter, we give them $39.99. So yeah, you know, for for a device like this, this uh, you know, no brainer. So yeah, now you guys have an in because we're getting this before they launch their project. So you can you know, right when they launch, it'll be like in on there. So um, when you actually launch, what should they search for on Kickstarter to find it? Uh, just search uh, Kick Kick Tech Two. Perfect. All right, Ronnie. Thank you for taking some time. I love this. I even saw you guys um, are an honoree for one of the Innovation Awards, so that is way cool on there. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. More from the Kickcast after this. All right, we're here at CES, still casing the floor for some pretty cool Indiegogo and Kickstarter type campaigns, and we found yet somebody else that works with a lot of campaigns. This is Tim from from Trident. Trident Designs. Yes. I mean, you yes. guys do. You guys pretty much do everything before the campaign launches. Can you tell us mm -hmm. kind of quickly what you do? Yeah, we help with the um, 
anything from the design process to the actual building of the campaign. Uh, we've learned it takes about 600 to 1,000 man hours to properly execute a crowdfunding campaign. So what we do is we help you, you know, build the following, create the buzz, um, have the Facebook likes, the fan page ready, the, the emails ready to go, the, make sure the page looks good, uh, make sure there's a quality video, you know, you're expressing what you want to say, that your product's being shown properly, and help, you know, consult and help you build all of that so that we know that's going to be a success. Sounds like, sounds like something we tell people to do every week every on the show. Week We're week like, the show, yeah. this is what you've got to do before you launch. So that's fantastic. You yeah. guys provide that service so somebody could come to you and you have this kind of consulting. If they have something, you can say, here's how you're going to make a pop. And if Absolutely. they don't have anything or if it's just up here, you can say, let's design it and make it happen. Mm -hmm. right? You'd be surprised how many good products don't. Uh, they don't become funded. They, they're not successful because they True. just don't have we're, a we're clear, not, concise idea. We see it all the time, but but you're right. There are a lot of people out there who just kind of go, well, that was beautiful. How come it didn't go anywhere? Yeah. But there's a whole process that goes in yeah, before. Really so a lot of stuff that you were showing us, we've actually seen before. So you've had your hands in the coolest, yeah, which we designed was like the, coolest the relaunch, cooler. right? Yeah, they, the second time around. Um, and that became the most funded uh Crowdfunding oh, yeah. campaign of all times. How did that feel when you found that out? Uh, I mean, it, it was pretty good. <laughs> did you just watch? Yeah, did you just lie. watch that like through through that? that yeah, campaign I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of refresh, refresh, and just kind of like minds blown. I, I like just the money. That was, I mean, it's a 40-day campaign of 13 million dollars. Like, yeah. How can can you uh, can you disclose to us how much money went into pushing like Facebook ads and ad buys? Um, not exactly. Okay, but, but it's probably a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the thing is when you find the proper channel. The, you just have to make sure that the metrics make sense. You know right, the ROI. So I'm going to put in this exactly. much, it'll so, turn out. You know, if you're spending 40 or 50% of the cost to, to acquire it, it's just not worth it. But right. if you can get it down to where it's 10%, and it doesn't matter how much you're spending a day as long as it's, it's paying off. Yeah, you, know, you could be spending $10,000 a day if it's producing 100000 And so it's all about Excellent just doing point. it properly, and a lot, of ex, you know, a lot of trial and error goes into it. And we've kind of figured that out, nice. at least as much as... You know, enough to be successful. Right, right. No, and, and that's so. and that's the key. You named off all the things to be successful, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yours. All right. So um, the other question is: not only have you kind of done some of these other projects and stuff, you're kind of venturing out into your own world to do yeah. projects too. So what what are you guys showing off right now? Yeah. So we um, we just uh, we're about to finish up our second uh, in-house campaign. Uh, the first one was the Quick Key, which we launched. Uh, we asked for, uh, I think we got one right here. We uh, asked for $4,000. It um, ended up raising over $220,000. So multi-tool. Uh, it was a great learning experience for us. Uh, it was a lot. It was great, really successful, and then we learned a lot on the fulfillment and uh, on how to manage a campaign properly. Uh, we launched this one. We've got five days left in the campaign. It's called the Carbon Flyer. And uh, this is what we're showing off here. It's a completely carbon fiber made uh, video drone. So there's a video camera in the nose that records while you're flying. You can take up to 32 gigs worth of video. Um, it runs for about three minutes on a lithium-ion battery, which you can swap out. And it's uh, Bluetooth controlled, uh, and you control it via an app on your on your smartphone. So it does uh, either Android or iPhone. And, when you uh, kicked that thing on, it like it like blew me away. It was it's pretty breezy. <laughs> it's pretty breezy. Yeah. Yeah. So you can control the speed, and in order to turn, you just uh, you just tilt the app, use the accelerometer and the phone. And, and there's a lot of cool features on that as well. Uh, what was the goal on this one, and where is it at? Uh, we asked for fifty thousand, and we're about two hundred and seventy thousand right now. Doing well, and, and on those reward tiers, at what point do you have to to pledge your support in order to to be shipped one? Um, for the carbon fiber, the uh, the powered model is ninety nine dollars. Okay. Um, and that includes the standard the definition camera. Cam okay. Uh, you can upgrade to HD for forty bucks. So you're looking at one hundred forty dollars for a completely carbon fiber made video drone. Uh, we also have a free flight model. It's only forty dollars. That's something more of a toy for just shooting around. It's uh, that one right there. You can launch it. You can throw it. Um, 
super beginner model and it's very tough. Um, that's like one of the the main benefits of making a plane out of carbon fiber, other than it looking super yeah. cool. I was gonna say, like, what at what point did you guys go? You know, it'd be cool. Paper's all right, but if we did this out of carbon fiber, exactly. So like the wow. sexy factor was yeah. definitely high up there, but yeah. also the strength to weight ratio. It's a uh, hundred times stronger than steel and a thousand times stronger than foam. So for a beginner pilot, you know, you're flying a foam plane, you crash it one time, it breaks. Yep, I've done this that. guy, we've slammed into walls over and over and over again, and. Uh, there's a lot of room for error there. Are the uh, are these parts here 3D printed? Or is this these are 3D printed, and yeah. they will be when they ship out? No, these are prototypes. So, so um, uh, those are very dense. So yep. it'll be it'll be a lot lighter cool. to help with the flight and. Nice. Uh, I want. Balance. I really want to throw it, yeah, but I'm yeah. afraid somebody's going to yell at me. <laughs> we actually did throw it a few times and hit some TVs earlier. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. They okay. Didn't, they didn't like that very much. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, if people want to find the the. Uh, you guys, they want to find your services, they want to find what you do, where should they go? Um, you can go to, uh, like I said, the Indiegogo page is still live for about five more days. You can find all of our information there, it's just Indiegogo and search Carbon Flyer. Um, the website is trident-design.com. Okay. Uh, so it's a, uh, all of our all of our products, all of our services are there. Um, can they pick and choose? Like, can say, I need you to help me with this part of it? I need a yeah, marketing absolutely. video. Yeah, absolutely. We have, um, well, with the crowdfunding campaigns, uh, we don't really have that laid out for that yet. Um, but you can definitely find the email to contact any of us that will okay. will uh, help you. And then the Facebook page for this one is just Carbon Flyer, and then we have you know all the social media for that. Just try to design or Carbon Flyer. Fantastic. And, uh, we'd be happy to talk to you. All right, we're still on the floor at CES, and we're looking for things that we think might interest you. I have found Joel here from Amplifier. Adrian. Right? We're excited to tell you a little bit about what Joel does at Amplifier. You guys have been around for many, many, many years. In internet the... time, yes. I mean, we're 14 years. That's a uh, long time. Years. That's a long time for internet time, right? Yes. So these guys do fulfillment. Uh, that kind of sums it up. What, we provide fulfillment and other merchandising services for crowdfunders, e-commerce providers, and also people who just give away physical items. We, for years, have been the merchandise partner for MailChimp, for example. Okay. MailChimp gives away lots of t-shirts to their users. Um, MailChimp is wonderful and really smart uh, with how they market. And so we screen print shirts for them, and they have all kinds of different ways they get them out to their, that they decide to give them to their users, and we're the folks do, doing so that like kind of as well. Logistics, right? You're just figuring out how to get it there and how to, sure, but you print yeah. it as well? Or you we find, do, we, 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 we do, we run a large screen printing shop, and so we can make the apparel. Um, we, this week, we are here at CES because Indiegogo announced a partnership with Amplifier. We're now the preferred merchandise and fulfillment solution for Indiegogo campaigns. And that came about um, over time. We've known Indiegogo for a long time, of course. Um, but we happen to share certain relationships. We've worked with Rooster Teeth Productions in Austin for a long time. They make the popular show uh, Red versus Blue, among many other things. Yep. And they have a wonderful merchandise operation. So we've been helping them with printing and fulfillment for a long time, and they raised, I think, two and a half million dollars on Indiegogo last year for their feature film, Laser Team. You uh, can do a lot with two and a half million in a, a film. I think principal photography's already done, they're nice. in post, and so we think in March, uh, around there, uh, a lot of shirts will start being printed and all kinds of, I mean, there's so many items that are associated yeah. with that. And we also are helping Freddie Wong and Rocket Jump, and they had a highly successful Indiegogo project last year too for Video Game High School Season 3, yeah. and uh, there's a lot of merchandise coming with that as well. So that's kind of where you guys got, uh, I don't wouldn't call it notoriety, but just kind of like feather in the cap that said, we, we do well for Indiegogo campaigns. Yeah, we have, we have. And, and we work with all kinds of other e-commerce folks. Um, 
you know, nonprofits, uh, gaming companies, uh, content companies, anybody, our sweet spot really is anybody that's got their own community that they want to get things to directly. Um, they've got lots of fans or supporters, but they don't want to hassle with keeping track of the inventory, putting stuff in boxes. We also do a lot of the customer service. Oh, um, and so we, we come in and let our clients just continue to focus on making more great stuff for their fans. That's fantastic. So people that listen to our podcast are usually looking to either launch their own project or following projects that are out there. So you very well probably fulfilled for some of our, our listening audience. And if they're interested in doing a podcast, or sorry, if they're interested in doing so a campaign, a campaign to, thank you, then what, yeah. where would you send them? What would you do? Just please go to Amplifier.com. We have a landing page at Amplifier.com slash Indiegogo as well. But you can, get, you can learn all kinds of stuff and uh, get in touch with us there. One other thing I would mention is um, because many successful crowdfunding campaigns uh, then shift into ongoing e-commerce right, after right. that. And so we integrate with all kinds of you know, Shopify and all kinds of popular e-commerce front-ends, but we also built an app for Shopify called Merchify. So if folks uh, want to have their own shop that's selling goods, but they don't have to manage inventory, everything's made on demand, but they get to keep the customer, they can have a Shopify account and plug in Merchify and offer t-shirts and prints and posters and mugs and products like that nice. of their goods to their fans or customers without having to mess with inventory. So even for, for folks just getting started, we have some, some solutions that Which might is, work really yeah. well. I say on demand, probably a good way to start. And exactly. if, if you're on Indiegogo or Kickstarter, you're probably growing a community. Yeah. Well, Joel, thank you very much. Thanks Appreciate that. Up, Drew. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. Thanks a lot. Have a good show. Perfect. Thank you. All right, guys. We are here with Pranav at the Flick booth. So tell everybody at home what the Flick is right now. Sure. Uh, this is Flick. It's a wireless shortcut button that can trigger any function on your smartphone. So it's pretty much like extracting your favorite functions, app services, and putting them into a physical button. They can attach to any surface, or you can wear them. I love uh, this. I love this. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I mean, this is something that we, uh, like in Sweden, like uh, I don't look kind of Swedish, so like there's a lot of people like uh, upset about my skin color. So like <laughs> if I get like chased down sometimes, I can just have like a panic button, like hold it Very in. It personal was panic button. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so that's that's my favorite, I saw on, uh, on the video on their campaign, somebody's got it like under the table and it's almost like a fake call that they triggered it to their phone. <laughs> and so it was like, I don't really want to be here. And so, on, you, know, you know, on those blind dates that don't turn out, oh, I'm getting a call. And you can right? You guys <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's inspired from certain meetings that we had that we just wanted to get out of. <laughs> I want to get out of this. Fantastic. So, what do you, what do you see this being used for? Uh, just functionality besides those those things. What other options? Sure. I mean, like uh, the really cool thing about Flick is that everyone has their favorite function. So, like all the way from like people that love home automation, uh, like having a simple trigger, just not going through the app all the time and struggling with it. Like having a quick release button. That's something that's really attractive for some people. Uh, having it in your car when you're driving, like uh, one press to navigate to your next appointment or double press to like nice. send a late message to your next appointment saying like I'm 10 minutes late or something like that. Nice. That's pretty cool. So is it iOS and Android? iOS and Android. All right. And then so you're crowdfunding it right now and I think like yeah. where are you guys at? Are you crowdfunding? <laughs> yeah, so we just passed like half a million yes, uh, like two days ago. That's fantastic. Uh, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Like we... Uh, Blew past our eighty thousand uh, goal in in uh, less than thirty hours, so that was. Uh, <laughs> no, and that, cool. This is what kind of what our, our uh, listening audience got. They want to know, how do you get that to happen? Do you just have people lined up ready to go? What What's the key to getting past your goal that quickly? Yeah, I mean it was like a lot, a lot of prep work. Like uh, 
just like setting together like the mail list that that's one of the keys like uh. getting like the people that would love your product just getting them in place so like the first day when you hit the button like sending out an email blast they would just go and buy it so we we started like having an incentive program saying like because we were stealth mode when we were developing right, the yeah. product then like we did like the first sneak peek of the product just showing pictures of it and just people saying like i would use it for this and this and this just like different kinds of people in different languages and um, just having that on the site solely that video and then like a sign up like sheet so like when you sign up you get a like a, a special page where you can like have a unique link that you can share on your facebook nice. or okay. twitter uh, and like for every like if you get 10 people to sign up on your link you get like a, a, a free flick when you buy a flick so that was like one of our main strategies. So we would launch that like four weeks before actual uh, launch. Okay. So we got like over 50,000 email addresses. So like when we actually hit the button saying like we're live, it was just- A lot of them just it. jumped in. That's fantastic. What is it, What is the retail or yeah, when it comes out past the Kickstarter campaign, you know, what's the retail gonna be? So the expected retail price is around $35. Okay. So you can buy them in the GoGo page now for $27. That's or, the deal. Yeah, or like six, four ninety-nine. Okay, and they still have a few more days left, I think, on Indiegogo. There's yeah. just a few more days left before it closes. Yeah, so go go to Indiegogo and find Flick. <laughs> um, so my other question is that, so since you're putting into this, and Drew kind of said this, so who was a genius that kind of was doing your marketing? Like, how did you actually find this crowd? You, you say you were trying to build it out. So what did you actually do to get in contact with these people? So, I mean, it was really all about, like, market research like we read a lot of things on the internet like finding different kind of hacks uh with three founders uh it's me joakim and amir amir is pretty much like on uh, production okay. joakim is uh, on product uh, i i run sales and marketing so like we have been really like working hard but like the whole team just pulled together like did it like hercules uh, like thing like pulling this off so was, was, really was cool. there any magical like you know we put $20,000 into Facebook ads or like where, where did you really find a lot of the pre pre-traction I guess so I mean like we we didn't spend any AdWords like uh, or like any ad spend like initially uh, it's just like throughout the mid campaign okay. because like that's when you level out uh, but like in the, in the beginning it was just really like our core base of our like 50,000 mail list just like people pumping it so and where did, and where did that 50,000 come from so that was from the flickiscoming.com, that incentment program that we they did before. Stuff. Okay, so, so that was like we, that was really cool. Like one of the key things and what we have studied and seen, like we have a tremendous like Indiegogo is a great uh, platform, by the way. Like they have been helping us a lot. Uh, just like finding your email list, building that out, that's really crucial in the way that you're gonna like hit the target. Because like if you have that crowd, you're gonna hit, and then it's, the ball is starting rolling. That's because like it's really like. You have the, the people that say like, yes, I will buy this. You have the maybes and you have the no's. So you want to focus on the, the yes, they will just buy it. So you want to focus on the maybes, right? And the way to convince the maybes is really like, uh, first of all, like they, they would like kind of like the product. The other thing they had to convince them is like the word of mouth. Like they, they see like somebody. on Twitter, on Facebook, like people on their news feeds, like uh. friends talking about it. And the third thing is like media, right? So um, you have to get all those three in place in order to get the maybes to convert to yes. So. Um, so like really focus on people sharing it that's really crucial like involve your friends like say like please share this like this will help us out like like in involve your closest ones but also like email us like involve them in everything you do and um, so like what we did also is like when we actually launched uh, the first one we had like a first 24 hour deal uh -huh. so like 
you know, for friends and family kind of deal, and also the mail list, the, the ones that have been following us for a while, you're saying like, you get 55% off, like, yes, just buy this because we love you guys. So uh, that just like you did a massive push and then you get the ball rolling and then you can, you know, they just share it because like this is an awesome product. And and I, I think we did a pretty good job on the video actually. I think also. I think you did. <laughs> we, we actually do a lot of critiquing of videos because okay. video, video yeah, production. Yeah. Well, what was your idea? <laughs> so no, what do you think yo, about yours, it? Is, yours is fantastic. It's, it's <laughs> catchy, it's quick, it's very well done. It's production quality. We're, we're surprised at how many people have poor production quality and some of them are trying to produce like films and documentaries and we're like, you should at least do it. Anyway, yeah. Yours is great. Yours is very good. Oh, thanks. Do you have any other questions? No. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. And congrats on like breaking yeah. your goal, yes. dude. And go to Flick.io, right? Flick.io. Find yeah. it and, and make it make stuff happen. All right, guys. Here we are, still back at CS 2015. I am here at the Swift Point booth with Grant, and this is a really, really interesting product. So tell everybody a little bit what you guys are showing off today. Sure. It's a it's a small mouse, a mobile mouse, and um, small enough to use on the um, the uh, side of your your laptop. Um, and it also does touch touch gestures. So things like Windows 8, which are really designed for um, touch use, um, it works really well in that operating system. So where did you come up with the idea? Because this is really uh, unconventional looking mouse when you yeah. tell people. Yeah. I mean, um, it's. A lot of, but really, it's around frustration with a touchpad, and um, you know, mice that were out there were either too big or small and un un uncomfortable. So um, I thought that maybe if you could sort of utilize more of a pen grip, you could make something very small and comfortable uh, to use on a laptop anywhere, you know, at any time. So one of the things, and one of the reasons I actually stopped by the booth is because the name sounded really, really familiar on there, and that's because I actually probably I came across it when I was preparing for the Kickcast on there. So why did you guys decide to go the Kickstarter route? Um, we, I love Kickstarter, and you know, I, I back projects all the time, and it's, it's a great sort of platform for um, new ideas. And basically, anyone with an idea can really, you know, put it out there, which is great. And, um, and you know, for us, it was a way of sort of giving back to the community and, and putting our idea out there and seeing the response. And um, yeah, and we got we had a fantastic response. It was good. Yeah, so you had a phenomenal response because you only wanted around thirty thousand dollars on your limit. Yeah, and we we hit two hundred, and that was in uh, like twenty five days. So yeah, it was great. That's great. And so, if you were to tell uh, anybody who's planning on doing their own project, do you have any advice for them that you from the experience uh, that you learned? <laughs> well, first have a good idea, so that helps. <laughs> um, and there's lots of good ideas. Uh, I think spend a bit of time on the for Kickstarter anyway on the video, you know. So we we just spent we spend a long time on the video to get the message across, you know. And if you've got a, some good ideas, have got a, a complex message, you know. So spend the time trying to figure out how to present it in a way that people can understand. I think that's probably the key. Yeah. All right. So for people at home, explain a little bit of some of the more customized features of the SwiftPoint. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So um, it's you know obviously a small mouse with a pen grip. Uh, it has all the mouse functions that you see in any other mouse, and um, and a small small package. Um, one of the things that can it can speak to the computer via its uh, charger, which you can basically dock the mouse onto and charge it. And it can also uh, work via Bluetooth, which means it can work on your tablet, your phone, pretty much anything. Um, and one of the key features that it has over other mice is the fact that it supports touch gestures. And we have a little stylus under here, which when you uh, use the stylus, basically it becomes like a touch screen. So everything you do at that point is like a touch screen on the screen. So for example, the start menu in Windows 8, if I use the stylus now and go flick left and right, that's the equivalent of uh, using left and right on, on, the, on the screen. It's the same sort of natural flicking action uh, to navigate documents. So um, another example is like you know Excel, where you have a lot of columns out from one direction. 
You can just flick across, find the column you need, and up and down and find the cell you need, and it's really fast and productive to use. That's really sweet. So what's the battery life on this? Uh, so if you run out of battery, then you, you obviously that's not good when you're trying to use your mouse. You, uh, if you charge it for 30 seconds, you have a rapid charge, and that gives you an hour's use. If you give it a full charge, it gives you two to four weeks use. Holy crap, that, that is phenomenal on there, especially like that 30 seconds on there. Yeah. I, I love it because more than, more than once I've gone to my computer, tried to turn my mouse and like, oh, battery's oh, dead. <laughs> on there. On there. Um, and I love the, where'd you come up with the idea of having all these different mount points for um, the, for the Swift point on there? All the different, uh, the, you know, your mounting points where you can oh, just stick them on different yeah, places. Yeah, I mean, one of the cool things about the size is that, yeah, it is small enough to magnetically kind of attach to anything. Um, one of the things is when you're sitting uh, with your legs in a bit of an angle, to say if you're sitting on a couch, your legs don't actually sit horizontally. So what happens is you put your mouse down and it just slides off, right? So we had this little uh, touchpad which has a little magnetic dock so that it doesn't slide off. So you can type away, the mouse sits there, carry on using it. And it just sits here because basically because it's so small, we have all these, you know, ways of attaching it to things. You know, that's great. So people are interested in getting a SwiftPoint. Where should they go? Uh, at the moment, SwiftPoint.com, and you know we're at CES, um, hooking up a lot of um, distributors and retailers, and had a lot of interest, obviously, with the awards. Um, being yeah, you know, congratulations, guys, getting yeah, a the yeah, nice. best of innovation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're basically the best computer peripheral in terms of you know, at the show, so um, to beat big companies like Sony and Samsung and Microsoft was really nice, so, so yeah. All right, Grant, thanks for taking some time. I know your booth is busy and hopping on there, but it's a great idea, and congratulations on getting kickstarted and getting everything out on there. Thank you. All right, guys, more from CES after this. All right, guys, here we are still at CES. We are here with Rie at the Listener booth. Tell everybody at home, what is the Listener? Hi, uh, I'm Rie. Listener is a, a listening device. It's a crowd-connected microphone, and with the sound, um, you can use this as a, a sound-based activation switch. Like by snapping fingers, you can turn on and off the lights. And also, we have a yeah <laughs> technology to analyze baby's voice, so we can identify baby's mood and tells you um, what emotion baby has right now. So this can be a baby monitor too. That's that's kind of cool. I've I've raised three little babies, and I would yeah I, I would I would love to have uh, that more than just hearing it because that can kind of get annoying to hear them all not annoying to hear them that didn't sound right did it <laughs> but being able to just sense it with this so this will actually tell you if that if they're angry or happy or just googling in the bed right yes uh, we we can identify four emotion uh, laugh cry scream and uh, bubbles. <laughs> like like so, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> they do that like a that. lot, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. It's such a beautiful device. I love the yes, look of it. Thank you. In fact, I think when we first saw it, we thought, what kind of a speaker is this? But it's it's the opposite. It's sensing. It's listening. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a listening device. It's, it's, I love it. It lights up in the center. So that mm -hmm. this, do the lights correspond with the sounds? Uh, for now, uh, it's just uh, light, light up uh, when it hears sound, uh -huh. but uh, in the future, I want to use this light as a color notification, so you can tell just, what's happening. You could just glance over yeah. and you would know which, okay, that's fantastic, yeah. that'd be a great iteration. So how do you get the information? Is it through a smartphone app, or how, how, do, they, how do you know like it reports the sound? Uh, what do you mean, how do you? So, so when, when it detects a cry and stuff, so how does the person know if it's oh, a cry? Oh, yes, um, if you have a smartphone, uh, we can send you a notification 
with a little sticker. <laughs> On there, and then so I, I heard. Are are you you have an open API for this, right? Yes, yes. So uh, this can be uh, any kind of like voice command, or like you can like connect more internet connected device. So it's almost like uh, an if this then that yes, type of setup. Yes, you can say yeah. <laughs> if you hear noise here, whatever it is, the door closing or a certain decibels mm -hmm. range then let me know if somebody's closed the front door or back door. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool, because th then you can say, if you have your own like smart lights and stuff, those can like blink, right? Yes, for you? yeah. Like that. yeah. So, well, that's that's kind of fun. So you have we have a lot of things that are connected to the internet, and the internet of things is big here at the show. This is a, a way to trigger those things. That's fantastic. So Kickstarter-wise, you have a project you just launched recently. Yes, three, three days ago. <laughs> three days is all. How is it? How is it going? Can you tell us like your goal and where you're at? Yes, uh, we just launched um, project um, three days ago, and our goal is fifty thousand, and we've raised twelve thousand so far. It's not bad for three days. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, why did you decide to go the Kickstarter route to uh, do this? Um, because I want use, uh, I want this device to be more like open and everybody to join um, and expand this possibility because I want to make this device as a second ear. I like that idea, <laughs> a second ear. Yeah. Especially as a parent. Mm -hmm. It'd be nice to have a second yeah. ear. I'd put one in my back room so when it gets too quiet in the house and my girls are around playing around, I'd have like a smartphone that, you know, I could be downstairs working in the office and I'd hear mm -hmm. ruckus or noise. This is good. I like this idea. Um, on the Kickstarter side of things, can you tell us uh, where the fifty thousand is going? What is it? What is the budget? Is that a lot of uh, R and D? Have you done the research, and this is now just marketing? Uh, like where? Yes. Where are we going uh, with that? Yes. So produce uh, to produce a listener. Uh, this device uh, hardware side is all, almost done, so we're working on the software side right now. Okay. Yeah. So kind of finalize it, get it yes. up there, and put it out. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So what what's about um, how long is your project going right now? Uh, we have fifty six days left. Okay. So yeah, we just started. Okay. And then do you have an estimated ship date? Or is, uh, what's your goal for actually fulfilling? Uh, yes, we're going to ship uh, by the end of this year. Okay. Yeah. It's ambitious, yeah. Because yeah. you're still going to run it until probably through almost March, mm -hmm. and then have it turned around and shipped out. And then what's your uh, planned retail price for this? Uh, we haven't decided yet, but our quick start of, uh, special price starts from $99. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that so if you're pledging at the $99 level, yeah. you will have one of the first listeners. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> That's way cool on there. Um, so people are interested in finding listener. What? Where should they go? Do you have a website? Yes. Uh, please visit our website. Um, the, uh, the URL. Interferon.com. Oh, <laughs> interferon. So I N T E R P H E N O M. Interferon.com. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to seeing it there, and we yeah. can't wait to watch it launch. Thanks for visiting. Yeah. All right, guys. We are still here at CES 2015, and you guys know that there's two things that I really like. One, I like keyboards. I have a soft spot for always finding different types of technologies that are working with it. And two. Utah Projects, another soft spot for me. So this is a co perfect combination of the key mouse. I'm here with Heber. Tell everybody at home, what is the key mouse? 
So the key mouse is a device that will allow you to have the keyboard and mouse in one unit so that you don't have to switch back and forth. So it's a lot more efficient and it's a lot more ergonomic for your hands. We split it into two pieces so that you can position them wherever you want, you can use it in a recliner, you can use it in a lot more postures, but the, the end goal is to be a lot more efficient and a lot more ergonomic. Oh, that's great. So tell us a little bit about the story on why you guys developed it. So I'm a software developer myself and I get tired of, you know, you type a little bit and then you got to go click on something and then you type a little bit more and you got to go click on something. Constantly doing this device switch. And you see a lot of CAD designers and a lot of gamers that are, they'll learn to run the entire keyboard with one hand so they can keep the other hand on the mouse. And it's this constant device switching is a huge interference for, for your flow of work, for your efficiency. And so I wanted to basically solve a problem that I have in software development. And I think that applies to a lot of other people as well. So I know right now you guys only have prototypes, but have you tried using it in your day-to-day -day work and has it made a difference? Yes, we've had, we've had these prototypes for only like a week or two, and uh, I, I started using it, and it took me a little time, maybe a couple of days, to get used to it because we've positioned the keys a little closer to your hands so that it's, it's more uh, e easier to reach the keys because that's a, a key point, so you're always in typing position, always in mousing position. But uh, after you get used to it, you're a lot faster and uh, it just flows a lot better. That's great. So, uh, okay, so everybody knows this is a prototype stage, so I won't, I won't, I won't like make sure you put the numbers in stone, but th <laughs> this actually floored me when I asked your brother what, what, what you imagine the battery life being. So what, what, what are you seeing right now? Well, it, it all depends on it, whether we go AA. If we go AA batteries, we'd probably put two in each side and then it'd be maybe six months, four to six months. You said months, right, not hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you know what we're looking at now, based on the feedback we've got from the show and from Kickstarter, is we will likely put a rechargeable battery, but allow it to be charged by USB. And the USB would also be a backup interface for people that want lower latency or, uh, or basically uh, a different alternative to Bluetooth. So that's great. So how has the community responded to the key A lot of excitement. You know, you get the people that say, "Now what is that? How could I use that?" Uh, but the people that are using the keyboard all day, every day, they're the ones that are going to appreciate this because you know they've got the they've they've got the ergonomics issues, and they've also got the speed issues and the switching devices issues to to deal with. So, I, you know, there's there's two two types of users. Um, those that are at the computer all day are the ones that are really going to appreciate it. So, where's your campaign at right now? So we've been going for I think six days, possibly seven now. And we're at 25% funded, so we're trying to raise $100,000. We've raised roughly 25,000. Perfect. So, what are your tier levels looking at right now? Uh, the tier levels, you know, we've got a mouse pad that we're we're offering for. I can't remember the price. The mouse pad, and then we got a gaming mat. But the most common one is people just pre-purchasing a set of the devices, and that's the one we really are are looking for because we want to put this out there and say, you know, if people believe in it enough that they can buy the device then you know, that will help us take this to production. Um, so how, how, lo how long have you guys been planning for this Kickstarter and why did, why did you decide Kickstarter in the first place? Well, the biggest, well, well first we've been, we've been planning it probably for a couple of months actually. It, it was kind of a, a like, hey, we, this, this is a great opportunity for us to collect feedback from people. That's the number one reason. There's a lot of people on there we want to listen to, learn about how, what they think of this device, whether they think that this is a viable product. We didn't want to go sinking you know, 
hundreds of thousands of dollars into molds and, and product design and everything without knowing that people are willing to buy this thing. And so it's really, it eliminates our risk, you know? So, uh, so basically that's, that's the purpose of Kickstarter, yeah. <laughs> so if you were to give advice to anybody who's thinking about doing a project, I know you're, you're still kind of early days in your project sure. right now. What, would, what advice would you give to a project creator on what they should kind of have in the back of their mind or get it ready for? I would think the number one thing that, that I would do different, particularly, and which would be the advice I would give to everyone, is to get more people together sooner, to review your idea, to look at your idea, get people involved, you know. Don't, get, don't sink a lot of money and time and effort into something before you go out to the community. Scratch it, scratch it down on paper or, or do something and get it in front of people. Collect that feedback. I mean, Kickstarter and CES, we've collected an enormous amount of feedback and we've learned more than we ever imagined we'd learn. So we're going to go home now and adapt our design based on all that feedback. So feedback I, is number one. I, I love that because that has been a common theme today since we've been talking to projects. Everybody's like, get that community first, then go to the Kickstarter yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's really been awesome you know, talking to everybody, listening to everybody, and I mean, more than anything, we've been learning. You know, we haven't really been, you know, so much selling as learning. <laughs> All right, so people are interested in getting a key mouse, where should they go? Particularly right now, they should go to Kickstarter. Uh, we have a website up at keymouse.com, but that, that website just shows a few pictures and basically redirects people to the Kickstarter. Perfect, Heber. Thank you for taking time to talk to us. Good luck on your project. I think you guys got a good, strong start right now, so hopefully that momentum will take you all the way through. Yes, thank you very much. I appreciate it. So after running around a lot here at CES, we've actually tracked down one of our former projects on the show. This is Matt, Shorn, Matt Horn yes. from the Teeny Tail. And so we found him on the floor, and, we, and we've all been doing CES, but we want to know kind of about Teeny Tail and where it's at. Just a little bit of background for those of you that remember the show. This was probably almost... 20 episodes ago? This is a while ago. The Teeny Tell was a small watch that you could give to your child that had the GPS. It would fold GSM. You could call your child. There's a phone app attached to it so they can call only who you let them call. Right? So you guys tried to raise about $100,000 and where did you end up? Uh, we ended up at $140,000. So you hit your goal just about, was it April or May of last year? Yeah, in the end of May last year. Okay. Mm -hmm. So fantastic. What we often, you know, we often talk to people before they get into the, uh, the the launch or as they're wrapping up the launch to kind of build up the traffic. And now that we found you, we're kind of interested to see what what has happened since the the closing, like the the transfer of funds, and then how you went about reaching all of those goals. Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, so since we launched on Kickstarter, um, with that money and money we got from the Swedish government, we've been developing the product a lot. So I've been to China like once a week, uh, or not once a week, a week uh, every month. Whoa. Uh, a whole week every month hanging in China. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, following up on deadlines and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, now we have a prototype, uh, a functioning prototype. We got our first prototypes out in December, uh, which was great. Uh, so we're on schedule, which I know some projects on Kickstarter aren't always on schedule, but kind of rare. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud to say that we're on schedule actually. So we'll still be shipping in April. And uh, yeah, and I've hired a great team. Right now, we're eight people working on the project, uh, mostly technical people, but some marketing people too. Yeah. So, what are the next steps then? If you've got, you've got everything's on schedule. You plan on shipping in April. You got the pre-orders coming in, right? You guys have a landing page and all of that. So, what are you doing between now and April? Just is it refining the product and then marketing? Uh, it takes a long time to do tooling, actually, because um, you need three months to 
uh, optimize the tool. So the process for us now is we finalize the mechanical design, like how it looks and how the buttons feel and stuff like that. Uh, so we make our first soft tool, as it's called. And then a month after that, we'll go in to start uh, designing the hard tool. And the hard tool can make many more teeny tails than the soft tool. A soft tool can make like 1,000, 2,000 units. A hard tool can make half a million units. Do you have a question? Yeah, Phil. Yeah, so especially since you say you're on um, target to deliver on your date, do you have any tips or tricks for anybody who's planning on making their own project so they can stay on schedule for the delivery date? Uh, yeah, uh, well, I was basically thinking, um, so the industry experts told me it would take roughly six months uh, to like do this in China. So I figured, well, I'll just give myself 12 months and, uh, and give myself <laughs> some slack. Uh, because it's impossible to know exactly what's going to happen once you start your project. And that's why Kickstarter is so great. Uh, backers are so supportive. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's really hard to know exactly everything that's going to happen. In fact, it's impossible, so you just have to cut yourself some slack, especially if you're a startup. You know, uh, it's even more difficult. Um, I think, generally speaking, in the construction industry, they, they up their budgets with 25% because they know things go wrong along the way. Uh, so I was thinking, well, I'm a startup, so I should up my, my time budget with, uh, with 100%. Uh, yeah. Seems like it probably it's a safe bet. Yeah. Uh, have there been any hiccups along the way as you kind of move forward? Have, I mean, you've, you've gauged this kind of extra time. Did you run into anything that kind of slowed you down? Um, finding good suppliers is difficult. Uh, and once you find a great supplier, then you're on track. But it was difficult to find all of the suppliers we needed. So that was, uh, that involved some hiccups along the way. Yeah. All right. So, and then the other, the other question is, um, how has the community responded, you know, to you delivering and stuff? And I, I, usually you only hear the bad side of Kickstarter where everybody's like, where's my product? I haven't gotten it yet. Um, how has the community responded to you guys kind of keeping them updated and, you know, just saying like, hey, we're going to hit that target date that we told you about. Uh, well, you know, we're, we haven't hit it yet, so no <laughs> one's like, oh, awesome, you guys have hit the, hit the target date. Um, but, um, but many people are excited about it, yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, I've got a great community. Everyone's, like, really supportive. I haven't gotten any negative, uh, any negative energy from anybody, actually. So, yeah, I, I was a bit afraid of that uh, going into this, but so far it's been really good, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Are you planning on upping the, the marketing? Uh, I noticed you have the, the pre-sales and, the, and the, uh, the price point on your website. I think you said it's 129 at this point. 129 yeah. for a watch that is also you know, a phone for your kids is a pretty yeah. amazing price. Yeah. So um, how are things going with, with the pre-sales and what do you expect to be shipping out in April like in terms of amounts? I, I saw you have about 1,000 backers, yeah. so those guys will get theirs first and then are things kind of picking up and you're pushing that marketing? Uh, yeah, it was the question how many units we've sold. Uh, so we've sold rough. We sell roughly uh, two, three hundred units a month on our website. Uh, uh, it varies between between that. December was kind of a dip because it was Christmas and all that. Um, and uh, and yeah, so that's uh, that's like the the monthly burn right now, or the monthly uh, the monthly the sales rate. Yeah, it's a good burn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I plan on adding a few more for my little girls. We talked about it on the on the podcast. Yeah. And I actually have made the mistake of telling them about it and showing them pictures. <laughs> yeah. So they're looking at the coral and the uh, aqua. Okay. And uh, the littlest one is only three. She doesn't she doesn't need one. But right. but yeah, we're we're excited to get them. My girls were were excited when I said that you guys were going to be here at the show. They were like, you've got to you've got to find them and bring them home. And that was the present that they want. Because anytime I go travel. I bring back a present, and I was like, yeah. they, they, they don't exist yet. We can't <laughs> buy them yet. Settle down. Yeah, well. So now I'm stuck buying them a real present. 
Well, Drew, I mean, uh, you've been so supportive of the project. I'd be happy to send you one just to hear yeah, what you... Th yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, just to... Well, actually, what's the most important for us is hearing what the customers think about the product so we can make it better. Uh, like, should you press the button two seconds or three seconds? Uh, should the light do this or that? And uh, not only that, but also hearing how you engage with the product is very interesting for us because it's, you know, a new product, new customers. There's so much uncertainty to, to wrap our head around. So uh, I'd be happy to provide that data. <laughs> I've got those two little girls that are textbook perfect for like white middle class male running around with <laughs> with kids that want, want to keep track of them, but still give them some freedom, but not give them a phone. I have kids that are like seven years old in in my Sunday school classes that have cell phones. Yeah, it's too much for me as a parent. So I would love to to analyze that and find out from you, yeah. or and tell you find out and tell you how it works, so yeah. Yeah, all right, great. Um, so I'll just give you a return package to send it back to me. Absolutely. All right, so, uh, so let's do that in February, March then. Okay, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. And then I, I had a suggestion for a next version on there is to make a teen version that actually has a padlock or a code on it. Yes. So that way they can't take it off. And then, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm planning when Drew's That's girls right. get older, so then you'll know exactly where they are I'm all the time. Teenager, I could just I could bolt it on with a little lock and right. they could be like, I have to call. Yeah, they can, you could cuff them together. So yeah. you, could like, you can hold hands and like carry all your kids on a chain link. Yes, yes. that's right. Yes, he said. Uh, like on a serious note, do you have other uh, ideas that are coming in that, that you're thinking, hey, on the next version, we might want to add this or that? Well, the next version is definitely going to be waterproof. Right now, it's only water resistant. Um, and I'm actually talking to a, a natural language understanding company that's presenting here about adding some, uh, some new demands. Uh, into the product. Because right now you can you can uh, basically name recognition or, or voice recognition, just say names and it'll call that person? Yeah, exactly. But we're looking at uh, basically like in-app apps where you can uh, like tell it to start tracking your run or uh, to, uh, to check your pulse maybe. Uh, um, because a lot of these components like pulse meters are pretty cheap right now in the market. Uh, cool. so, so that's one thing we're looking at, yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Do you have any other questions? Uh, no. So if people are interested in pre-ordering, where should they go? Teenytel.com. That's T-I-N-I-T-E-L-L. -L. Yeah, Teenytel.com. Teeny or Tinytel. Tiny well, I called it Tinytel for a little while. Yeah. Teenytel.com. So if you're looking yeah. to get one or two or three, yeah. uh, watch for it. You said April is probably when they'll be shipping or shortly after? Yeah. Well, we'll ship in April, so they'll arrive in May. That's right, because these are coming from Sweden? Uh, well, they're coming from China. From China, okay, yeah. coming from China, but uh, yeah. the headquarters are in Sweden. So that's yeah. you're covering the continents. That's fantastic. Yeah, we got customers in 52 countries now, so we've got lots of shipping to do. <laughs> yeah. That is fantastic. So yeah. thank you so much for being with us and checking in with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, well, thanks, Drew, and thanks, Kevin. Okay. Yeah. No problem. All right. <sighs> we made it back. There's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, I don't think your boss noticed, so we're yeah. sure okay. That was quick. <laughs> You said you just were going to the bathroom, right? That's right. That's, he doesn't. I'm gonna grab a coke and go to the bathroom. We'll be back in two, three hours. Yeah. It's uh, a big show. That a, could. That's legit. Yeah, that's yeah. legit. So long we lines. saw. Long lines. We saw tons of stuff. I think all, every other booth had some sort of crowdfunding logo or funded by. So there was a lot of things to check out. We did a little vetting and kind of picked some of our favorites and, and some of the, the, the informational ones because I think yeah. we we sought a lot of information. Yeah. We you know we got some good information. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we'll be back to our regular episodes in two weeks after yes, this. Yes, you'll see um, us in two weeks. Back in the studio and stuff. And hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys have any feedback, let us know. Kickcast yeah. at ktdata.net or tweet night20 at ktdata or at kickcast. 
on there. And if you're planning a crowdfunding project soon, I would uh, check out White Clouds for any sort of prototyping and or fulfillment that you might need in the 3D printing space. They've got a sweet booth, just saying. Yeah, yeah. sweet thanks to them. And, all, and also, if you guys want to find out more CES stuff, go check out KTData.net. We got tons, tons of it. This guy snuck into the Sony booth and did an I entire did, show I there. did a whole show from the Sony booth the other day when I went to go get my Coke in a bathroom break. It was awesome. All right, so thanks, Drew. Thank you. Thank you, White Clouds. Thank you guys for watching at home, and we'll see you later. Good night. Bye. Hi there. We've got ourselves, uh, I don't know, lots to do, lots to see. I don't even know where to start. Give me another time. <laughs> Go again. Three. Slate. I'm in your eyes. I'm in your ears. Hey there. We're still on the Kickstarter floor. 